Detective Perot. Are you at all related to Ross Perot? If you're so good at detecting things, Detective Perot, why don't you detect on why my butt smells? Why does my butt smell, Harold? <laughs> Harold! Six o'clock, right on the dot. We are right there. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. How you doing? Welcome back to Heine House Live. The big two zero. The big two oh. We have reached episode 20. We are, what is it, July 22nd, 2019. Where's the intro? Let's go. We have a jam-packed episode this uh, podcast. So I cannot wait to get into it. Let's go. Welcome to Heine House Live, a podcast about the exciting and ever-changing world of gaming and technology. Heine House Live is available on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever else you, you listen, listen to podcasts. podcasts. For all other info, including links to our community Discord, the best. live video feed, yes. episode archive, oh, yeah. and a whole host of other great, great entertainment, entertainment, please visit HeineHouse.com. What is up, ladies and gentlemen? How are you doing? Welcome back to Honey House Live. I am your host, Jason, and this is the podcast where we talk about all kinds of stuff related to gaming, technology, and whatever the hell else happens. That's kind of what I'm starting to say because you guys know I go off the rails and rant and ramble and tell stories and have a good time. And I think, I mean, I want to believe. I want to believe, but I think that's why you tune in. You like to hang out with me. And I love hanging out with you. And I hope this podcast reaches you at a great time. And even if it's not a great time, I hope this helps you cheer up a little bit. I hope your traffic isn't too bad because I know a lot of people listen to it on their commute. So I hope this helps your commute. We're jumping into the episode because guess what? We got, a, we got a whopper. We got a big old whopper. The more you know... G.I. Joe! That's half the battle. Thanks to all of the patrons you see right here on your screen. Patreon.com slash Jason Heine. Give it up. Thank you. Thank you. You may be asking yourself, why in the fuck is this podcast even here? Why am I listening to this? And why, why is it even alive? Why is it here? Well, all these lovely people you see on your screen believe in it. And they are supporting it. And I appreciate that greatly because without your support, we would have no podcast. Simple as that. And you guys know how much I love podcasting. Shit. I say that has been proven over the course of many, many, many years. Hey, you got a smart device in your home? Ask it to play the most recent episode of Heine House Live. Do it. Do it. Do it. Just do it. It will do it. Do it to it. It's a lot of fun. Also, Apple CarPlay, Android Auto. Take me in the car, goddammit. Take me with you. And how do you like my hat? For all the people that are not watching the audio feed, I've got singular raising the bar, it says. Raising the bar. <laughs> Shout out to uh, my hat collection, 2019. Hashtag hat collection. I do love hats. I do collect hats. That's a good question for everyone. What is something you collect that is not game-related? Me? Obviously. I collect hats. I do love them. It's a lot of fun. Hey, and uh, lastly, before we jump into the episode, the website, HeineHouse.com. That is where you take part in all of the cool stuff that's happening. Give it a shout. Give it a look. 
all my stuff's up there. It's a lot of fun, interactive, good stuff. And also the phone number, because we have some uh, some Heine House hotline questions that did come through. We will take care of those later on. 503-908-5490. That is the Heine House hotline. Go ahead. Oh, oh, did you? Oh, I'm sorry. Did you not have a pen handy? Oh, no problem at all. Get out that number two pencil. Did you need a number two pencil? Go to the sharpener. Remember in the back of the day, just like sharpen the pencil in the back of the class. I would always go back and sharpen my pencil till it was just a fucking nub. And then I go, <laughs> I go back to my desk with as little as the nub and the eraser. Full eraser is beautiful. Little tiny nub pencil. And I'm like, how in the fuck? Was-? Shit, I was trying to stall. 503-908-5490. Call it. Leave me a voicemail. It's anonymous. Let me know what's up. I would love to hear from you and answer some questions. Um, just so people know, I did have a num- a podcast numbering issue um, on 14 through 18. <clears throat> Excuse me. I did two number 14s, part one and part two. Uh, it was the episode that Steph was on. Remember, we did a two-parter, an E3 episode. And uh, I did, I, I, anyway, I fucked up the numbering. So the numbering between those two were going to be off. We had some people write in and be like, uh, the numbers are, yeah, they're fucked. But I fixed them. So we're, we're, on, we're on track. So just so you know, I, I'm aware of that. And thank you for bringing it to my attention. You guys always look out for me. You're like, hey, I think, uh, I think you're fucked, Jay. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> hey, um, I want to give a shout out. Now, they're not paying me to do this at all. This is completely on me uh, because I really like this product. Stephanie, for my birthday, purchased me Player One Coffee. Now, you may be saying to yourself, okay, it's just a fucking gimmick. You know, and believe me, you know, I'm in Arizona. And I'm not going to call. I'm not going to call out the bars. I'm not going to call them out. I won't do it. But there are some bars or barcades or breweries in the area that may or may not use video games as kind of their crutch. And uh, you walk into the place and you're like, uh, a couple of Super Mario posters on the wall doesn't count as gaming, bro. Um, but anyway, so there's a lot of this whole trendy bullshit going on where people are using gaming as their crutch to try to get some, some traction. All right, it's understandable. Why wouldn't you? Well... So then this arrives. Steph got this for my birthday. Player One Coffee. And, um, I mean, you had me at coffee. I I don't care what it's named. I like Folgers. I like the Kroger um, brew. I like this. Uh, You know, honestly, as long as it's smooth. I'm kind of a... I don't really like bitter coffee. I don't don't like it too dark. I like a light roast. So when it comes to that, um, I tend to go for that. Folgers or um, this light breakfast blend. Stuff like that. Uh, Duncan has some good coffee. I like their, uh, whatever it is, their light roast. The Quick Trip has great coffee. I like their mochas and stuff. So, she got me this for my birthday. How about it? Look at this. Player One Coffee. This one's called First Person Smoother. Mmm. She knew to get that one for me. She absolutely knew. You can't get it. Get me a, some uh, Player One Coffee and not get First Person Smoother. And then, Leroy Jenkins. Right there. How about it? Haven't opened this one yet. We're working our way through the first person smoother. Uh, this one here is a light roast. Okay. So we're working our way through that. The Leroy Jenkins is extra. It's funny. Extra caffeinated, it says at the bottom. See that? So we tried it, and I really, really like it. It's pretty fantastic. Um, very light, very smooth. Goes great with a little bit of creamer. 
Very, very nice. Now, I made note of this because I didn't even know this was happening, but they gave Stephanie a promo code. And uh, again, hey, listen, if, if you're a company, or you, you know, you're a developer or something, you want to reach out to me and want me to plug something or talk about, I'd be happy to just understand that I'm going to be unbiased, okay? If, if you got something that's shitty, I'm going to call it out. If it's something amazing, I'm going to call it out. It's the same. I'm not going to play favorites here. So um, they're not paying me to say this or give this away, but they did give her a code and I thought, let's share that with the community. And if anyone purchases, let's see, let's see, we made notes here. Um, uh, came in, oh, it came in her email the other day. So after her purchase, uh, first person smoother, Leroy Jenkins. Um, we'll put it in the show notes. Yeah, because it's actually, it's a link. All right. So um, go to the episode either on, uh, just go to my website and you can get all, you can go right to the podcast section and look on there. But if you're interested in purchasing some of this, Player One Coffee, here it is, playeronecoffee.com. Go look them up. They have great stuff. I really like the taste. The flavor is very good. It's light. It's not bitter. It's smooth. I fucking love it. Now, you know how it is. You're going to pay a little bit more for this than your standard coffee at the store. Understandable. And yeah, you're paying a little bit for the cool tax. You know what I mean? But they do have, um, I read their story. It's very legit. And they have... Um, Great products. So, hey, how about it? So, what is it? It's five. Oh, okay. Thank you. Thank you. She's yelling at me in the other room to, to let you guys know. It's 5% off of your purchase. And if you purchase it through this link, we get a dollar off our next purchase. So, hey, it's a win-win. So, you get a little bit of money off and we get a dollar towards our next one. So, hey, how about it? Hey, uh, player one coffee. Get at me, brah. If you're not drinking it, what's wrong with you? I'll give you a plug. I love I love the coffee. It's good. Um, <clears throat> on to an update. Whoop 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 update. Though <laughs> oh, it's excited update. <laughs> My modded Wii saga continues, folks, and it is official. I'm going on the record. I'm saying it. I'm doing it tonight. I've been doing so much modding the fucking. The last two years of modding the Super Nintendo Classic, the Nintendo Classic, the PlayStation 1 Classic, and now the Wii, modding it out with an external hard drive. I'm importing all the and ripping these games into the console. I'm transferring shit. Folks, I'm on record. I am changing my name back to the Emulator Review, the EMU Review. It's happening. <laughs> yep, yep. the fuck down i'm just kidding i'm just kidding but i should for old time's sake i should play an old video i don't have it queued up but i should do i should do an old time's sake intro you guys ready i'll do one here live on the spot <laughs> what's up ladies and gentlemen welcome back to the emulator review i'm your good friend jason heine and i am excited for coffee <laughs> oh for old time's sake uh good stuff good stuff but we have been working with um we we sat down and Steph and I put together installing Reconnect 24, and which basically brings the channels back online. The everyone votes, the um, news, and most importantly, the one that we really, really want is the forecast channel. Yes, the forecast channel. It's amazing. So we went through the process installing all this weird shit. Honestly, you got to be a fucking like. CIA hacker to understand some of this shit, man. Even me, who's very tech savvy, I'm just like, what? 
I mean, you gotta, like, this has to be your full-time job. Shit's insane. But, uh, yeah, we got through it. We connected, uh, Reconnect24. Hey, Bob, what are you doing, bud? He's laying right here, gonna nibble on his toy. How about that? Um, yeah, so we, we went by step-by-step step to install this. Now, I want to give a plug to, um, the website. Um, ba -ba 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 fuck, where did I put it? I made all these long-ass notes. What was it? We Guide. Yeah. Where did I put it? God, see, I'm so disorganized on my notes today. WeGuide.com, right? Where the fuck is it? I wrote all this awesome shit about how we went through it, the process, it's magical. Steph, there's my first problem. Just, God, I'm all over it. Anyway, go to Google and type in WeGuide. I think it's WeGuide.com or .org. It's one of the, and I apologize. But honestly, very clean website. Lots of great info, lots of great tutorials, like step-by-step. Step. It's beautiful. And uh, we used it to do Reconnect24 and a bunch of others. So very, very nice stuff. My whole point in talking about this is that this is a learning process. We're, co we're continuing to learn and evolve and do this. But we installed and got working Reconnect24, which, put, which turned on the Forecast channel. Now, this is exciting because you guys know I love the Forecast channel. A lot of people love Forecast channel. I love it so much on youtube like this was maybe three or four years ago at this point i made a 10 hour video of the we weather music both during the day and at night 10 hours straight and i i, I did it because i wanted to listen to it at night when i go to sleep because it's soothing i used to do that 2006 2007 2008 when the Wii was new i would leave the fucking forecast channel on and just lay on the couch and go to sleep with that shit all night I would, because it was so relaxing. So I said, fuck it. I want that. So I ripped, before it went offline, I ripped the music in, made it, looped it, made a 10-hour version and uploaded it just for my own enjoyment. But the community has really loved it. There's hundreds of thousands of views on them, and people love them. And I think that's like, it's great. And it's cool because it's actually uh, evolved into people talking about their memories um, and their past with it. And their nostalgia, and in some cases, like, it's really sad in a way. Like, it's so cool to see everyone's memories, and it brings a tear to my eye. Because some people were like, yeah. Like, there's one came through the other day, and he was talking about how... I should I should have read it. I should have actually been a note and read it out in its entirety. It's about some kid who had kind of a bad relationship with his father. And then recently, they found... Uh, this song, or he was listening to this the video, and the song was playing. He was studying, and his dad came in and was like, oh, I remember this song. And then they had, like, a moment, and they sat and they talked for, like, an hour, he said, about their memories and about, you know, mom and the family and, you know, how it's it's not together anymore, but they had a moment, and it was really cool. And they're like, that brings a tear to my eye, dude. That, that's fantastic. Just from me making a fucking video about some music that I'm nostalgic for. Like, how cool is that? Really, really cool. So... Yeah, so we sat down. Steph got to play with the Forecast Channel for the first time, which she had never really done. See, her consoles were up. A, she was on, like, the third story or fourth story of their house, and it was the internet was not very good up there. So she could never, ever really connect. I remember playing Hydro Thunder with her on 360 a long time ago. She'd always fucking lag out. She's like, oh, the, the internet's cutting out again. I'm sorry. So, yeah, that would happen. Bob, what are you doing? Where are you going? You want to go outside? Should we let him out, folks? Let's do it. 
I think we got to start doing this once every episode. I think we got to let him out. All right, all right, all right. Singular spelling. Oh, it's cool. Come on, Bob. Hey, don't run that away. Get your ass out there. There you go. I opened I open the door and he started to run back. I'm like, oh, hell no, you get your ass out that door. Um, I got to let him in in a second anyway. Um, so yeah, but the thing is, is that, so she got to experience that for really the first time, uh, recently, a couple days ago. And it was so awesome. I mean, she was excited. She's like, I'm so happy it's working. And I, I was too. It's way, way cool. And we just, we looked around and we checked the weather. I know it sounds, God, it sounds so dumb when I talk about it, but it is so magical and, and a lot of fun. And we had a good time doing that. So we had a moment, a lot of fun. He done? Is he out there? I'm moving on to my next topic. I'll, I'll keep an eye out for him. <clears throat> what? Toys R Us is coming back? What? Yeah, so we've, we've been hearing rumors for like the last, I don't know, maybe six months or so about Toys R Us coming back. And my initial thought was Toys R Us as a company needs to do something drastic. Even when they were still open, I would say to myself, they need to do something really aggressive because... One, they're outdated. Two, they're overpriced. And three, they have a lot of overhead, a lot of storefronts, a lot of space. And, uh, you know, we have a lot of issues there with Toys R Us. Let me, let me let him in. Hold on. Good? Did you go pee on everything? Yeah, good. <laughs> Went peed on everything. Hopefully, he didn't pee on the barbecue again. Um,. So I always thought, you know, hey, they got to do something drastic because they got to get into the new times because the Internet is killing them. Well, the Internet's killing a lot of people. You know, it sucks. A lot of businesses, a lot of retail, a lot of restaurants. It's, it's tough. It's tough. Um, but now we're hearing rumblings that they are coming back with two new stores, one in Texas, one in New Jersey. Evidently, they will be smaller, selling fewer toys, and they're going to focus on having interactive and playground-like environments for toy brands. It sounds almost like it's going to be catered more towards children, young children, which is fine, too. That's really what their business has always been about. Uh, True Kids Brands, who purchased Toys R Us in October 2018, said the stores will let toy brands design custom experiences and branded shops to help them create memorable experiences for parents and children. This sounds really interesting. Uh, they're being developed by B8, uh, bait, what? Beta? Is that what it's called? B8TA? Yeah, it's a clever way to say, a clever way to say beta. Uh, a company that designs interactive and technology-focused retail locations. Expect to have some of these store locations opened in time for the holiday 2019. So let's take a moment and just think about that for a second. So you're going to walk into a Toys R Us store now, and it's going to have, let's just take, for instance, it's going to have Fisher-Price, all right? A staple children's toy brand for, forever. Fisher-Price is going to have a section in the store that's going to be completely Fisher-Price land, basically. It's going to have interactive, maybe videos, maybe some uh, toys to play on, to test out. Probably going to be really, really cool. Um, now take your favorite toy brands or kids brands, maybe even Nintendo, maybe even Sony. You know, maybe they're going to have, I mean, I would expect them to have video games, right? So maybe these companies would set up little kiosks in there and have something uh, that's interactive. I like the sound of it. And it's cool that they're coming back. I also, but I'm going to say the same thing, that 
what other option did they really have, right? They were tanking. The company was tanking. They were losing so much money. They couldn't keep up. The only real way was to liquidate and just file for bankruptcy. And I feel bad because there was a lot of great people who had jobs that lost those jobs. And I feel bad for everyone who was employed there. So I hope that everyone fell on their feet and were able to recover from that. And it's good to see Toys R Us coming back in at least some capacity. It'll never be like it was in the 80s and 90s. Whew, let me tell you that. But uh, definitely excited and happy to hear him come back. A little, little short mention here. Tom Cruise was at Comic-Con and uh, introduced uh, and showed some footage for Top Gun 2, kind of blew people out of the water. Uh, it's been 34 years since the first movie came out. Oh my gosh. 34 years. It's pretty cool that we're going to have another one there. Top Gun 2. What do they call it? Mavericks? I think they call it Mavericks. Um, it was The trailer looked great. I really liked it. Except for one little thing. And I have the... Ama I wish I had it over here to show. Actually, oh no, you're not going to see it. You can't see it. Nope, you can't see it. Underneath these yellow towels here on the bottom, right here on the rack, that is a 1984 Yamaha DX7 FM synthesizer that I'm so happy to have found. It's beautiful. But that keyboard right there wrote that amazing bass line that you hear. To Kenny Loggins, Danger Zone, right there. Danger Zone. Hey, round of applause for the DX motherfucking seven in the Heine house. How about that? Uh, we're going to jump in. I want to run an idea and some stuff by you, and I want your feedback on it. Uh, after this, we're going to jump into gaming history. I know you guys love that. But I'm experimenting with the idea of doing smaller, maybe 30-minute or under episodes for maybe, like, um, bigger topics. Um, big, like the eBay episode, for instance. We were talking about doing an eBay episode. That could be one smaller episode, maybe 30 minutes or under. Maybe just uh, topics about, like, the Joy-Con drift uh, Nintendo's facing. Like, what, how, why is it happening? How it started? What, what people are seeing? Uh, what's Nintendo's stance? What are they doing? What's, there's a new lawsuit that just came out. Like, see, it could be like a mini-episode. We could talk about it. We could even get your input. You guys could send in voicemails on the hotline, and we could talk about it. It'd be really, really cool. Um, maybe current events, conventions, things like that. Maybe yearly retrospectives I was thinking about, taking a year and talking about that year and maybe deeper of like what games came out, highs and lows. Yeah, it could be cool. 30 minutes or less. So I'm kicking around that idea. I had some people talk about it um, uh, and I got a comment on YouTube that kind of sparked it. It was like, hey, can you do maybe a 30 minute? And I'm like, hmm, this, this podcast? No, actually, no, I can't. It's, it's built around an hour to two hours. That's the format. I can't make it. I just can't make it any shorter than that. I ramble too much. I talk too much about shit. It's impossible. So I thought maybe I can condense into one topic, one segment, and maybe make a 30-minute. Now, here's the cool thing is I want to do this, but I also want to give added value to the people who support the show and give them more show. That's the idea. So before everyone goes crazy and like, what the hell am I talking about? This wouldn't affect this show whatsoever. This would continue weekly. You would get the show, audio, video, everywhere else. Nothing has changed. But if you pledge and support on Patreon or Twitch, you subscribe on Twitch or even uh, YouTube subscription, which I'm looking at doing, 
If you pledge on any of those, it will be one price all across that. You can get additional content. I think that's a really great idea. Plus, I'm a firm believer on giving extra content to people who step up and support. I really do, always have. Um, so somewhere in, so the idea is to do an episode, maybe bi-weekly, maybe monthly. I'm not sure yet. You know, we're going to kick this around. I want to make sure that I can execute this idea and do it. I don't want to like bite off more than I can chew. But maybe somewhere in the five to 10 months or five to $10 a month tier. So that's, that's what it would be. Um, and then you would get these shows that would dig deeper into topics and have a really kind of more in-depth conversation. Also, it's a great way to interact one-on-one -on -one with you guys. You know, if you're on Patreon, uh, I already know I talked to, you know, we have a, you have a discord room. We talked in there and uh, Patreon, you can always direct message me. And I, you know, I listen to feedback and also a lot of ideas have been created from your, your concepts and your ideas uh, that, uh, that I get over on Patreon. So I appreciate that. Um, yeah. So just the main takeaway is that I would not be taking anything away. All the content that you still enjoy and love would still be here. I would be adding additional content and added value for your support. I think it sounds great. Um, and then lastly, just a little like bullet point. I've been thinking about merch. I've been thinking about merch for many years, <laughs> to be honest. Um, and I don't want to do anything too crazy. I just want something fun. I mean, I think it'd be great too to have like a little t-shirt like, hey, Harold, you know, like I can't connect to the Wi-Fi with like a Wi-Fi. So I don't know. I'm just kicking out ideas. But if you're into like designing, if you're into uh, merch, if you have any uh, in, in, uh, info on that, let me know. And I, I would love to listen to anything you have. I think there's like Merchly and there's a bunch of other places that do it. I kind of want a turnkey play. So I'm kicking that out there. Maybe I would start with just one t-shirt, many sizes, and go from there. I mean, I have socks and a few others that companies have reached out to me and like wanted to make. And I never did anything with it, but now I have a great site. I have a storefront. I think it could come together. So anyway, that's just a, a quick little, uh, between us, you know, an update on what the future plans are. Would like to maybe bring out smaller episodes for the supporters. And maybe merch for everyone. That could be fun. What do you think of that? Get at me in Discord. Hit me up in Patreon. Uh, you can direct message me uh, in those places and let me know your feedback, okay? The podcast chat in Discord. Get at me. Heinehouse.com. Scroll to the top. Click the Discord icon. That's how you join. Just so you know. Just a little reminder. Hey, you know what time it is? This week in gaming history. In gaming history. I need a bullhorn or something. <laughs> and when I was putting down this, I was putting this week together, I, I first, I was like, man, this is kind of a bum ass week. There's not a whole lot. There may not be a lot of games per day that have come out, but the quality of games, oh, there I went weird again. I got some weird thing going on with the computer every once in a while. You see that? It just kind of like locks up, it stutters, stutters the video and audio. So I'm sorry about that, guys. If you hear that throughout these episodes, I apologize. I don't know what's going on. I'll try to, I'll try to fix it. <laughs> That's my excuse there. I'll try to fix it. So I was putting together this list and I realized that there may not be a whole bunch of games that came out on each day, but the quality of games is great. Are you ready for this? July 22nd in 1993, Road Rash 2 on Genesis was released. Very, very great. Oh, so good. So good. 
I've said this story so many times, and I'm sorry, I'm gonna say it one more time, but I'll do the condensed version. The first time, well, this isn't Road Rash 2, this is the first Road Rash. The first time I ever played Road Rash was on the Sega channel, and it was the demo of it before it was released. Yeah, we would dial in, we dialed in, and we clicked on the demo section, and it popped up demos, and Road Rash was one of them. We hit it, and it would sit there and load, 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 and then we were able to play. It was like one level, the first level, and my God, I was blown away at Road Rash on Genesis. I was like, holy shit, I have to have this game. It was brutal, brutal, and then I played it on 3DO right around that time, too, actually. Not that far after I played it on 3DO, and... uh was even more impressed because that's a great port and it has all the full motion video. Oh, it's brutal too. They're like fucking running people's arms over and shit. That game, that game is something else. Uh, same day, same year, Shinobi 3, Return of the Ninja Master, also on Genesis. So when you went to Toys R Us in 93, you said, ah, do I get Road Rash or Shinobi 3? Uh, spoiler, you buy both. <laughs> a few years later, 1998, The King of Fighters, 98 in the arcade Ooh. yeah arcades hopping around that time 2004 the one the only paper mario in the thousand year door on gamecube in japan was released so good so good july 23rd moving on to the next day 1993 streets of rage 2 on game gear in japan oh gotcha Gotcha, bitch. You're like, oh, shit, Streets of Rage? No, I bet you it's really good on Game Gear, to be honest. Game Gear is a great handheld. Uh, some games were really, really good on that console. Never played Streets of Rage 2, though, on there. Have you? Let me know how that is. I'd be really interested to know. 2001, Rockstar's Max Payne on PC was released. Great year. And I put this one on here just for shits and giggles because it was a game I was looking for for a long time. And I think last year I recently found it. In 2003, Downhill Domination on PS2. It is a downhill bike racing game. You ever see those YouTube videos where those fucking crazy people just put a GoPro on their helmet and they jump off a cliff on their bike and they just go all the way down to the bottom of the hill like holding their brake but they're going a million miles an hour? Yeah, that's pretty much what this game is in a nutshell. And uh, I had never played it back in the day. I never heard of it until maybe four or five years ago. I saw some people talking about it. Maybe someone was streaming it. I don't remember. I saw it and I'm like, this looks like something I would be into. And uh, sure enough, it's a lot of fun. Good game. Next day, July 24th, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Turtles in Time on Super Nintendo in Japan was released. Round of applause for one of the greatest... One of the greatest fucking beat-em-ups. Love it. What a great game. In 2007, Final Fantasy II on PSP was released. 2008, Wario Land. Shake it, baby. Shake it on Wii in Japan was released. Wasn't that one of the last games? Oh, no, no. I'm thinking... Um, fuck, what am I thinking? What's the... There was a... war. What? Yeah, thank you. 
Wario Woods on NES. That was one of the last games released on the NES. Thank you, Steph. Look at her. Round of applause for Steph coming in clutch. Yeah. Straight winning. Good stuff. What was that? Yeah, that's why I paired the big bucks. <laughs> hey, Steph, look, we know we're trying here. We're trying. We're trying. We got to get more patrons. I'm working on it. I'm trying. Well, that's all I can do. She's like, this is why you pay me the big bucks. I don't pay her shit. <laughs> I pay her with my love. That ain't enough, I'll tell you that. No, just kidding. Um, where were we? I don't want to mess this up again. Oh, 2018. 2018 Mega Man Legacy Collection 1 and 2 on Switch and PS4. Holy fuck, folks. It's been a year already? Wow, where's the time gone? And in 2018, same day on July 24th, No Man's Sky, Xbox One was released. Still haven't played that yet. I'm not sure if it flopped or what happened, but I uh, haven't played that yet. Still looks fun. I mean, I played Starlink. It's kind of the same thing, right? <laughs> just kidding. I'm just kidding. Calm down, everyone. Please calm down. Don't yell at me. Don't, don't throw the bottles. Ah, stop it. Stop it. July 25th, 1997, Resident Evil on Saturn in Japan was released. Woo. I've beat that story to uh, a, a bloody pulp, but yeah, when those dogs jumped through the window and started fucking chasing you, I just wet myself instantly. Just piss everywhere. Boom. Was so scared. Still can't play it. Still have nightmares. 2003 F-Zero GX on GameCube in Japan was released. Very good. And uh, we had a, a Fortnite sighting earlier, I think, in last week's episode. But this is 2017 Fortnite on PC. I think the last one we reported was on consoles. So this is uh, uh, two years ago when it was released originally on PC. The old Fortnite. Thank you, Floss. Thank you for giving us Floss. Hey, at least it gets kids to Floss, right? Ooh, is that a good one? No? No, I don't think so. No one liked that. <laughs> July 26th. Notice Steph didn't say shit on that joke. Not a fucking thing. Unless she's not even there, right? Do I hear the... I think of the bathroom's fan. I think she's going to take another shit. <laughs> July 26th, 1991, UN Squadron on Super Nintendo in Japan was released. I love this game so much. So, so much. Capcom, shoot 'em up. It was an early release on Super Nintendo, obviously 91, early release. I remember renting a Super Nintendo from our local mom and pop video store called Paramount Video. We would rent a Super Nintendo in the case. We would and I, we would rent three games. We got lucky because we had three games there in stock: F Zero, Super Mario World, UN Squadron. Those were the three games that my older brother CJ and myself would play on the rented Super Nintendo all fucking night long. And the soundtrack to that, go listen to that. Go type that into YouTube: UN Squadron OST. It's fucking good. Uh, okay, 2009 on July 26th, Guitar Hero World Tour on PC. Yeah, they released them on PC too. I always thought that was interesting. I always feel like they're more of like a console game, but no, you can party on the PC. Local, hook it up to your TV, Word. 2009 Wii Sports, excuse me, my fucking voice cracked there. Woo! 
Wii Sports Resort 2009. Wii Sports Resort. Which I did not like as much as the original Wii Sports. Unfortunately. It was the Wii Motion Plus, folks. Let's be honest. We thought that we wanted more precise control. We didn't. We thought we did. We didn't. At least not for that. No, because I can't sit on the couch and golf. I can't do the patented wrist flick on bowling from the couch anymore. I have to fucking stand up and act like I'm throwing a real bowling ball. Come on now. You guys know my history. I can't throw bowling balls like that. I'll throw up my right ass cheek. I can't do that. I'll always do that. No. The answer is no. Uh, rounding out July 26th, 2011. Catherine on PS3 and 360. I remember this game vividly. Pun not intended. Uh, but I remember going to PAX Prime in Seattle in 2011. That year was huge. It was huge. Or was it 2012? Maybe it was 2012. But that game was massive um, at the time. And I remember it had a big show floor presence. A lot of people really liked it. And uh, in the open gaming area, they had um, 360 set up. And I remember lots of people playing it. Yeah, a lot of fun. Oh, man, 2012. Good times. All right, moving on to the next day. We got two more days here. Are you guys ready? July 27th in 1990... Dr. Mario on the NES Japan. Yes. The amazing puzzle game. Uh, Nothing really happened uh, from 1990 all the way to 2018. Nothing happened. (laughs) 2018, Go Vacation on Switch. I put that in there, just a little nod, because that's the game I kind of want for some reason. I don't know. I like those. I like those like vacation sports like all-in-one type games i don't know i'm weird haven't got it yet but i do i do like want to try it uh next day the final day in in uh, our uh gaming history here 2003 mario golf toadstools tour on gamecube was released oh we just talked about this in 2010 hydro thunder hurricane on 360 was released and was playing it with Steph. I just talked about this shit, you know, when she was trying to play it would lag out be all kind of weird. Um, I re- actually, I remember this day specifically July 28th in 2010. Holy fuck. Um, wow. We would have been fairly new still age. I'm talking about AGG. There's a lot of AGG. Um, that's all gen gamers. That's a podcast I produced and was co-host of for many years. Um, a lot of listeners would listen to all gen gamers and still do to this day. But I remember recording our all gen gamers episode and talking about Hydro Thunder Hurricane. And I remember Pete saying, Hey, Hey, this shit is coming out tonight. And I'm like, Oh, I am so fucking down, dude. I am down. Let's go. And I remember after the episode, we all, all of us, um, yeah, I think all of us went and we loaded up our 360s and went in, bought the game, and we played some multiplayer sessions after our uh, recording. I think I even put the episode on hold. I'm like, fuck it, I'll edit it later. I want to play this shit now. (laughs) Good times. Good times. And the last one on the list here, in 2012, new Super Mario Bros. 2 on 3DS in Japan was released. That was July 28th. And that, folks, was this week. 
in gaming history. Oh, wait, where the fuck did it go? Here we are. <laughs> You've got mail. <laughs> yeah. Error code. Uh, we're going to jump in. we got some gaming news. Lots to talk about in here. Lots to talk about. Tetris Effect was reported by PC Gamer here. Originally, was a PS4 game in PSVR. And I've seen this on the shelf and I've really been tempted to buy it because I'm still borrowing my friend Chanch's um, PlayStation VR. It's amazing. And I uh, haven't played it in probably a while now, maybe a month. But thought about getting Tetris Effect. But what's interesting about this news is that it's coming to PC. Coming to PC and everyone's, yay! And then they hear, oh, fuck, what? It's going to be, wait, what? For fuck's sake. Oh, fuck. It's going to be on exclusive to the Epic Store. Oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. No, God, please, no, no, no! So it's going to still have the optional VR. So if you want to take advantage of that with your Oculus or Vive or whatever you have there, you sure can. So, um, you know, you don't need to have the, the headset in order to play it. But, of course, playing it in VR is probably the best way to do it if you have it. Um, the Tetris company described the PC release as the ultimate version. Quote, mm, that's, that's fucking huge to say. Uncapped frame rate. 4K resolution, support for ultra-wide, VR, and other expanded game and graphical options not found in the console release. Well, of course it would be on PC. That's that's why we have PCs. We get the extra options. That's really fascinating. I really fucking want to buy it. And I want a VR headset for the PC, but don't have that. Do any of you have a Tetris Effect on PS4? Have you played it in VR? Is it worth 20 bucks? That's what the game is on Amazon. Or 24, I think. Let me know what you think. You've heard of Snakes on a Plane, right? Well, there's a new movie coming out called Switches on a Plane. <laughs> terrible. Terrible. Just terrible. A plane... An airplane full of passengers on a Southwest flight here in the United States got a voucher for a free Nintendo Switch console with Mario Maker 2, digital included. What? What? Ooh. Yeah, it's a real thing. Um, Southwest partnered with Nintendo to do this promotion, and this really is not the first time that they've done this either. Back in the day, they released... Uh, back when they released the Wii U, they were giving away some Wii U consoles with the first Mario Maker game, if you can believe it. And you can find pictures online and people all holding up their vouchers like, yay, I got a Switch. I bet you half the plane, are, they're not even gamers. They're probably fucking going to flip it or sell it or get rid of it. But still, it's a great way to market. It's a great way to promote and, you know, gain some traction. And or piss everyone off that didn't get it. <laughs> Life isn't fair. Why? What? Yeah, they did. Um, they're not. I mean, they're not going to be getting the new revised version. It will be the current what we have currently. But that's good enough. It's still a great console. Which, with that, talking about the new revised version with the better battery life, this is all a great segue into my next section. In fact, there's a lot of Nintendo news that's been happening this week. A lot of stuff going on. Uh, that we need to talk about. One, 
a new switch with a battery battery with battery <laughs> with better battery life has been announced. Yes. Uh, it's been reported by from Kotaku. They were talking about this earlier that we saw. Nintendo is releasing a new switch, a new version with the addition to the Switch Lite. All right, so we're having the Switch Lite, but we're also having a different switch, which I'm thinking is going to be like what we have now, just a st- like a standard version. Um, it will have the exact same specs as the current version, but it will have a longer battery life. The original Switch has handheld battery life of two and a half to six and a half hours. And a game like Breath of the Wild will only have about three hours of play before the Switch needs to be charged again. It's crazy when you think about it. It's not a whole lot. The Switch Lite will have handheld time averaging between three to seven hours. So you can get about, what they say, roughly about four hours of Breath of the Wild play with that one. That's the Switch Lite. But the new Switch which mark this down so that you know the model and you're going to need to know this because when now once they release this we're going to have these now both floating in the ecosystem people are going to be selling both of them you're going to need to know if you're getting the revised with the better battery or you're getting the older one that is going to affect price straight up it just will uh so take notes on this it's hac-001-01 <laughs> that's the model number of the new one it will have a battery life of between four and a half to nine hours. So what they're claiming is you can get about five and a half hours of Breath of the Wild. That's pretty good. I was thinking, oh, they put a new battery in it. Well, not necessarily. From what we've read here, the new model has the same 4310 milliamp lithium ion battery. All right. So it's 4,310 milliamps. It has the same as the original. And it still takes about three hours to charge. In the new model, same size, same weight as the original. And the tech geeky parts of it, you're probably wondering, how in the fuck they do that? What's different is they're using a more efficient version of NVIDIA's Terga X1 system on a chip, SOC. That's what they call that. And possibly a new type of storage to help streamline things. And it's going to cost the same as the old Switch, 300 US dollars, and it's going to be out mid-August, so right around the corner. So it's pretty good. Hey, I think it's pretty good that they're able to keep the same battery but improve on the technology to make the battery life better. I think that's great. That's great. Another bit of Nintendo news, unless you've been living under a rock, we all know that Nintendo announced new Joy-Con colors. Releasing October 14th, 80 bucks a pair. Two new colors, some variants of the Joy-Cons, but they're still broken. They're still broken. I mean, you've already seen this shit. I don't need to show it to you, but I'm going to anyway. Because you guys have, you know, that's what we do here. You know, we show you, we show you what's going on over here. How's that? Oh, looks great. No, nothing there. Yeah, meh, nothing there. Meh. Oh, I'm mirroring to the wrong place. Okay, I can't show it to you. Never mind. You've seen them before. You've seen them. Um, so speaking of Joy-Cons, yeah. Oh, oh well, just let me tell you. So they've they made two pairs. One is a orange and purple, and one is a kind of like neon yellow and kind of like navy blue almost, darker blue. And I really like the colors. I just wish that 
I wish they were flip-flopped. Like, I wish blue and orange was together and purple and yellow were together. <laughs> I don't... They did that shit on purpose. You know they did. You know they did. They're like, uh, yeah, no, we're gonna just, uh, pair these up because, uh, fuck you. So that's the big issue with, uh, Joy-Cons, though. Yeah, they're announcing new ones, but they're the old versions. They are the original versions, and they are broken. They have a factory defect. They have a design flaw. They break and they drift. Every controller I've seen out there that's been used for more than a year has this problem. They all have it. It's called Joy-Con Drift is what it's being called. And it's getting more attention online. So, yeah, spoiler alert, it is a real problem. Over 25,000 different reports on Nintendo's subreddit have been reported alone. And again, like I said, I've seen this issue firsthand. My brother, CJ, who has the Switch that's about a year old, or about a year and a half old, uh, his, his Joy-Con drifts. Sucks. He's trying to play Mega Man, trying to play Tetris, and the left joystick, even when he's using a D-pad, it's moving shit around. Like, you know, in Tetris, you can use a left joystick to move your um, who you attack around. He'll be using the D-pad or the buttons, and it will just be like, doo -doo 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 -doo, just cycling through everyone because it's drifting. It's really fucking annoying. And, of course, every kiosk known to man that's been out there that has <laughs> anyone who's played it ha all have Joy-Con drift. They all do. Um, as of writing this, Nintendo has yet to address it head-on. Um, and we've been getting reports. I, I saw some Facebook in some Facebook groups people were talking about they called Nintendo. They wanted to s charge them $4 shipping to send the controllers back. And then they would fix them and send them back. They were pissed at that. They're like, I shouldn't have to do this. This is your, this is even a year old. Some people say that if, they, if you be very persistent with the Nintendo reps, that they will warranty it or replace it or send you new ones. There's also some people that I know that, uh, that have worked for Nintendo said that that also, that really depends on the person. You don't, that's not a guarantee. So we have a lot of conflicting info here. Bottom line through all of it it's a big problem and nintendo needs to address it they need to fix it they need to come up with a new um joy con and they need to fix that and make it right they need to make it right it's a problem i mean honestly if this if this was in a vehicle all right it would be a full-on bulletin or end recall it just would be more like a bulletin, but it would it would be happening. A recall is when something needs to actually be recalled back. Dealership needs to fix it at their dime and give it to you because there's a safety concern. A bulletin is some are broke, some aren't. If the customer complains, if the customer complains about it, fix it. If they don't, don't bring it up. That's what a bulletin means. Just so just so you guys know, if, if any of you are out there interested, a little car car talk for you. So with that being said. I do feel like this needs some serious attention from Nintendo. I hope they make it right. Because they're releasing these Joy-Cons, and I want to get them, but I don't want to get it because it's, it's the old style. It's fucking broke. I don't want that one. Fix it. Yeah, I have a Pro Controller, and yeah, I can plug in the GameCube controllers via USB, and yeah, I can do all this stuff, but the fact is the Joy-Cons have a design flaw. It needs to be fixed. <clears throat> Speaking of controllers, though, 8-Bit Do, new custom Switch controller... It's coming out. I wish I could fucking screen share this. Oh, here it is. 
Yay, it's back. It's back, folks. Yay. There are the Joy-Cons. See? Don't you wish they were flip-flopped? I wish blue and orange were together. And purple and... I don't know, God, what is that? It's like neon yellow, almost. But I do like the colors. They're very nice. I like them a lot. Um, Yeah, so 8-Bit Do is coming out with a customizable controller. This is really good news. If you're looking for another option other than Nintendo controllers, you can opt in for 8-Bit Do's SN30 Pro Plus controller. You can download the SN30 Pro Plus's ultimate software on Windows or Mac, which allows a controller to be customized and reprogrammed. Yes! The feel and responsiveness of the controller and the analog buttons and joysticks can also be customized and tweaked so they are more or less responsive. Oh, what? You can adjust the sensitivity. That's pretty good. Now, I know you're like, uh, this shit's been around forever. I know. Sony has and Xbox all have their pro version of the controllers, which allow you to do this. I know. I don't own any of those, but I think this is exciting for Switch to get something like this. Um, these customizations, whatever you choose, can be then saved and reloaded so the controller can be adjusted on a game-by-game -game basis. It's available for pre-order right now, and it will ship in August, and the best part is 50 bucks. Yes. Pretty good. I have a screenshot. Let's take a look. Look at that. So it looks like this is a screenshot of the actual software that's running. As you can see mapping the sticks, the triggers, vibration, macros. Ooh, very cool. Map a macro. Looks nice. Looks like a Super Nintendo with grips, handle grips, analog. Very nice. Yeah, it does adopt the Super Nintendo. Look, the buttons are the same. X, Y, B, and A. Yeah, 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 yeah. Over here, and you see the top here, King of Fighters, so you can select the game. The mode, the type of input. Look at that. Remapping everything. This is fucking awesome. I absolutely want one of these. Hell, just to even have a proper D-pad. I mean, shit, bro. What's wrong with you? Should be good. Um, What else is going on? Apex Legends... Cheaters. Cheater of the week, you fucking prick. <laughs> cheater of the week. Uh, this is actually really funny news. And I don't always want to talk about cheaters, but I think this is funny when we see an article that <laughs> is, is doing uh, something to combat the cheaters. But it, usually you hear of like banning and, you know, cross, just mass banning. Well, Respawn, who's the developer of Apex Legends, is trying out a different method of dealing with these fucking assholes. They're pairing them up with other cheaters in-game. Ha-ha! <laughs> fuck them! Winner! Yeah! While they do combat and ban accounts, this is a temporary measure to get them out of public lobbies while they deal with the issues. <laughs> I mean, realistically, we want them banned, we want them removed, we want them gone. That's their goal, too. In the meantime, they're creating software that's implemented to detect this. And if it does detect this, it will put them in servers out of public servers to where they can go in there and play dummy sticks. Go play hide the weenie with each other. I think that's fucking fantastic. Get them out of here. Fuck them. Let, let the scrubs pair up with other scrubs, man. I'm all for it. 
Good for them. Thank you, Respawn, for taking action in that. Um, PUBG, the fourth season, may get an episodic show. Yes, there's a trailer out right now. You can go ahead and do a Google search of it. A movie-like trailer was released and gives us a glimpse of what a PUBG narrative, what, what that might look like. And I think it looks great. To be honest, it looks really cool. Um, the, the PUBG Corporation recently hired Glenn Schofield, who's known for his work on Call of Duty and Dead Space. So some heavy hitters there. Going to head up a new studio there focused on an original, quote, an original narrative experience with the PUBG, within the PUBG universe. This is cool. Meanwhile, PUBG's creator, Mr. Player Unknown himself, has shifted focus into a new studio. This is cool. Um, I love the trailer, and I would totally watch a show set in the PUBG universe. I would. I think it'd be really cool. And not only that, I mean, they're hiring some new talent over there. Maybe we're going to get, like, another PUBG-like game. Folks, I don't care if it's a Battle Royale. I'm all for it. I love Battle Royale. It's fun with friends. I welcome it. I'm not jumping on the hate bandwagon just because it's fucking trendy to hate it. I love uh, the Battle Royale with friends. It's fun. <clears throat> That'd be a cool show, though. I'd like to watch... Uh, Something like Netflix or something, PUBG. Like, go watch the trailer. I, I, I left it feeling like this could be really cool. This could be really cool. And that's the end of video game news. We're gonna jump into tech news. Now for some tech for your ass. You guys have seen it. Yeah, I know you've seen it. Everyone's seen it. Your grandma's probably seen it. Your grandma's probably. Probably on her phone right now doing it. The face app and the face swap. The face app could face FBI and FTC investigations reported by CNET. This is the app where you basically, it takes a picture of yourself and it makes you age. Like it makes you much, much older. And what's fascinating about this though, is we've seen this in the past. We've seen other apps come out and do this. I think every like year or two, we get a fucking crazy face app like this that does this. <laughs> it's like, this is, this has come full circle. This isn't something new. We, we continue to get this shit. This particular one though, the difference between this, other than all this fucking shit I'm going to read to you about the terms and conditions, we won't believe what the terms and conditions are. But on top of it, it's really, really good and it's very believable. Other ones are like, let's put a fake mustache on you and like, oh, gray hair and la da da, and a few wrinkles in your forehead. No, this one is like full on, like it looks like a real person. It's insane. <clears throat> but we have an issue here. U.S. Senate Minority Leader Chuck Schumer has asked the FBI and the Federal Trade Commission to open a national security and privacy investigation of this Russian developed. AI photo editing app. It's a real thing. It's happening. Why is that? Well, because the terms and service that people have uh, accepted, everyone accepts when you do it. And it's probably just a short little, hey, read our terms and conditions. And then like a big green, like I agree button or something. I haven't done it. I don't know. I don't use the app. I haven't used the app, so I'm not sure what it looks like. But that's typically what it is. In small print, it says terms and conditions with a little link. And then a big ass button that says, I agree. And you click that, and when you do click that, you do it through 
probably the, the app or whatever grants you a bunch of this access to use the app. This is actually what you're giving away. And I, I wanted to make sure I put the entire thing in here because I wanted to read it out in its entirety. <clears throat> the terms of service reveal some alarming info. You grant FaceApp a perpetual, irrevocable, non-exclusive, royalty-free, worldwide, fully paid, transferable, sub-licensable license to use, reproduce, modify, adapt, publish, translate, create derivative works from, distribute, publicly perform, and display your user content and any name username or likeness provided in connection with your user content in all media formats and channels now known or later developed without compensation to you when you post or otherwise share user content on our services you understand that the user content and the associated information such as your username location profile info will be visible to the public now you see why I wanted to put that entire blurb in there and read it out loud to you guys, because everyone and their mom and grandmas are using this. But what's happening is you just granted that. Now you may say to yourself, well, it's no different than being on Facebook. It's no different than signing up for Twitter. It's no different than this and that. True. True. If you put yourself online, your shit's out there. This is true. I'm not going to argue that at all. There's no reason. You're right. But the problem is this is some like indie small company that we don't even know who the company is and they're in Russia. I have absolutely nothing wrong with, you know, Russia. I think their dash cam cameras are hilarious and their drivers are crazy and fun to watch. They're out of control and I get lots of joy on YouTube watching Russian dash cams. But the big issue here is that for whatever reason, and I don't ever want to make this show political. It's never going to be political. But the problem is, is that the United States and Russia are currently trying to infiltrate each other in a cyber war. They have been for, for a long time. Russia's been trying to take down our power grid. We've been trying to take out their power grid, too. And it's just like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> Honestly, there's cyber terrorism going on from each party attacking each other. Read about it. It's out there. It's crazy. So when you see stuff like this, now there's been lots of issues like Huawei with China. You know, there's been lots of issues about they thought it was Chinese central intelligence and they were spies. And they were using the hardware to get your info and then spy on people here. Uh, folks, the next war isn't going to be with bombs being dropped on us. It's going to be cyber. It's going to be online. It's going to be digital. We're going to have a fucking digital war. That's what it's going to be. So basically, at the end of the day, what you gave, and I, honestly, I don't care that it's, you know, a Russian company or American company or Japanese company or European company, doesn't matter who it is. You gave this company the right to do whatever they want with your photos. Whatever they want. Whatever they want. Think about that. And you cannot revoke that right. You can't. You simply can't even delete your profile. doesn't matter. They have it. They have access to your profile. Always. Always. Can't opt out. 
once they you upload your photos they have them always and i i wanted to like really send this one home because here's the problem how many time how many facebook friend requests do you get a day from spam accounts i get it daily all the time it's just constant flood of fake spam accounts and usually from very beautiful well-endowed women and scantily clad outfits right and reality is that account is fake all right it's a spoofed account that's trying to connect with me to send me a link to get me to click on that link so that they can fuck me over send me a virus you know fish get my info do all the stuff that happens probably a lot of people get attacked by it and it's really sad it's really sad it happens you got to be you got to be vigilant out there on the internet but I, I bring this up because that picture of that profile it probably is a real person with a real profile right that lives somewhere in this world but unfortunately because she or he allowed access to an app or some fucking shady ass app or program or face swap or any bullshit you agree to this garbage and then that company who doesn't give a fuck about anything sells it who do they sell it to well unfortunately if it's in russia they don't give a two fucks about what's going on over here with that so they sell it to another company that doesn't also give two fucks about anything that's going on over here and that's it and there's no way for us really to regulate there's really no way for us to combat that so they're trying to set up like investigations and try to go about it. It's like, oh my God, it's crazy. And I just feel bad because like all of my friends are using this face face app and they're, they've done it. And I'm just like, damn, like I was really close to doing it too until someone says, hey, you better look at those terms. I'm like, okay, fucking crazy. Be vigilant folks, be vigilant. DisplayPort 2.0 is here. Yes, DisplayPort. Yes, it was VGA. Then it was DVI. Then it was, well, it could have been DisplayPort. Then it was HDMI, and now it's DisplayPort 2.0. This is huge news for gamers, mostly for gamers. HDMI is going to be the standard for a long time, especially in movie and TV, streaming like that. But for gamers, HDMI works, but... As we start to get higher res in our monitors, as we start to get um, where we require more data to be transferred down the cable, HDMI is going to crap out and not allow for that. So DisplayPort is going to answer all of our questions and it's been developed for a long time. In fact, got pushed back for quite some time, but now they're talking about bringing it out. Finally, DisplayPort 2.0. It is a huge jump from DisplayPort 1.4a as now the maximum bandwidth gets get ready folks the maximum bandwidth is pushed to 77.4 gigabytes up from 25.9 it's going to do 4k hdr resolutions those are now going to get boosted to a maximum refresh rate of 144 hertz and the maximum possible resolution for a single display is 16k get fucked boy 16k what is that? 15336 by 84, 83 something. It's fucking huge. Um, yeah, that's fucking crazy. Uh, to put it in another way, you'll be able to run 4K displays at once. Wow. Three of them. 
sorry, three of them at once at 90 hertz and two 8K displays at 120 hertz. Holy shit. DisplayPort 2.0 is the is future proofed for at least the next five or 10 years, I would assume. Probably even further. And it's fully backwards compatible with all older DisplayPort technology arriving sometime late 2020. Uh, I recently upgraded. Oh, I didn't really upgrade. I just started using. I was having, I run three monitors. I got a monitor here and I have two monitors over there on my PC and I run my main monitors to 144 Hertz. My second monitor is 144 Hertz. And then my monitor that I use here is just 60. It doesn't need to be anything more because I don't game on it. So here's the thing. I was having bandwidth issues. I was trying to use um, HDMI to do it and it wouldn't do it. It would not do it. What I would have is I would use DVI for my main monitor, which was fine. But then when I use anything else, we had compatibility issues. HDMI couldn't talk to like, basically I had this weird situation where I would play a game, but if I had this monitor connected, which is a 60 Hertz monitor, it would lock to this monitor and my high refresh rate monitor would not see anything above 60. And so my games would lock at 60, all of them. Even when my monitor was on 144 in Windows, the games would lock at 60. Until I physically unplugged the 60 hertz monitor, that's when it would go back up to 144. So it was a really buggy thing. So I said, okay, fuck it. I'm dropping all this shit. I'm going to use DVI, or I'm sorry, I'm going to use DisplayPort across the board. And that's what I did and ended up fixing the issue. So now we have enough bandwidth. And whatever connectivity issue was happening then was happening. But it's fixed now. So that's pretty good. I don't want to say the Amazon. I'll say the Amazon smart device. How about that? I'll try to remember that. We're talking about the A-L-E-X-A. Just so you know. The Amazon smart device, home device. There's a new game powered by her. Engadget was reporting this. X2 Games, created by Atari co-founder Nolan Bushnell a pioneer in the gaming industry and Hollywood creative director Zai Ortiz has released an Amazon smart device powered board game entitled Saint Norair. And yes, it's exclusively available through Amazon. You could have guessed to be clear though, you won't be hearing the M the a word robotic voice when you play the game. So you won't have to worry about the assistant ruining your immersion. The technology simply powers the game's immersive background, sound, cinematic, voice performances, and it's made up of over 2,500 lines of dialogue performed by actors actors portraying 12 different characters. I think this is so fucking cool. This is really the first time we've seen a in-home um, Internet of Things smart device assist you with your gaming, per se, of like a board game. And I love it. I love the sound of that. Imagine playing like Yahtzee, or playing something, I, I'm just I'm just making stuff up, but imagine playing a board game at home and your smart device is right there on the table with you and is helping either keep, I don't know what it would do, it would help with the narrative or keep score, you would talk to it, it would talk back, it would, I think it's really cool, it's interactive, man. I think that's really, really cool. I like it. Now, this is the first time we've seen it and I think that this is kind of the beginning stages of this and I do feel we'll see a lot more of it. So I wanted to report on it. Very, very cool. I have a screenshot of it too. Look at that. Looks really cool with the uh, A, Amazon A right there. Look at that. 
Yeah, fuck yeah. Very cool. Very cool stuff right there. And with that being said, we're going to jump back into a community event. Now, I had a few people ask in the last episode, like, where's the community event? Where is it? Uh, we didn't get anyone participating in the community event, so I didn't do it. I didn't do it on the last one. Here's the thing, folks. I base pretty much everything that I do off of participation and feedback. And I want to continue to grow and make an engaging and fun show for you and for me to do. So if you don't partake or engage or do any of the community events, then I'm not going to bother you and do another one. And maybe, maybe it's something that you couldn't think of or you weren't into it, or you, or maybe you heard the episode uh, later. And that's also a thing because if you don't listen to it the week of it changes. And so that's why I was kind of kicking the idea. Should I do this monthly? The community event instead of weekly, does that give you more time? I really want, I want your feedback on that. What do you think? Is a week too short? Because I know everyone's busy and they get to the show when they can. But um, yeah, I just want to make it right. Um, so with that, though, I'm going to do another community event. And it's going to be hashtag board game. We haven't talked about board games yet. What is your favorite board game? I can't wait to talk about this. And in fact, next episode, even if we have anyone participate or not, I'm going to pull out my favorite board game that I own. And I have a great story for it and great... Um, great story to go along with it and I have it here it's in the closet I'm going to pull it out and I'm going to showcase it I'll probably try to display it it's a huge fucking game but I'll set it up and uh, no spoilers though I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to surprise you guys with it you have to tune in next episode for that alright so hashtag board game how do you participate go to my website heinyhouse.com scroll to the very top and I have a little icon that says discord click that whether you're on your smartphone tablet computer it all works hop into the discord server and uh, come be a part of it. Here, I'll show you a picture of it. Come be a part of the community. Again, it's just a whole bunch of great people, like-minded individuals who play games, are into tech, into music, into food, into all sorts of really, really fun stuff. And you click that link on my website, and it takes you right into the site, and it launches. And they have an app. You should get the app. It's pretty fantastic. I'm just waiting for my slow-ass iPad here to load. But you see here, you click it, Heine House, top left, see it right there? And then, of course, you have podcast chat right there. You click that, and it takes you right into the podcast chat. And I will say, I'll give a shout-out to Luke. He did come through later on, after the fact, and uh, throw one down. He did talk about uh, Gamer. We did Gamer Grub. And he goes, oh, I know this is late, but I'm going to do it anyway. Thank you, Luke. I appreciate it. I love you, bud. But look at this. Good stuff right there. I wish they sold those in real life. <laughs> Even Jimbo's like, hey, man, uh, where do you get those? <laughs> yeah. It looks like they sell them on Etsy, which is really cool. Very nice, Luke. Very nice. <laughs> Very cool. Yeah, this is where you take part. All right? So, uh, board game. What's your favorite board game? Take a picture of it and throw it into Discord with a hashtag board game it's now time I gotta create a uh, I'm gonna create a little stab for this a little jingle for this I don't have one yet but uh, we're gonna hop on over to the Heine House hotline and uh, oh actually I could do this I could do I've got it in here somewhere here we go yeah. 
<laughs> no, that's like You've got mail. There it is. You've got mail. You, 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 you've got mail. You've We're going to hop into the, the Heine House hotline. I'll make a jingle. I don't have a jingle yet, but I will. Um, so, yeah, you guys want to take part. You want to hop in here. You want to send me a voicemail. Just call me on your phone. How easy is that? Everyone can do it. All the cool kids are doing it. 503-908-5490 is the Heine House hotline. And we do. We got a few calls that came through. So let's go ahead and check out uh, the first one here. If I can play it here. There we go. It just takes. I, I need to get a new iPad. I need to get a faster iPad. It's super slow. <laughs> here it goes. Hey, Jason. It's a uh, oh. long-time listener here. Oh, I can't hear it. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Please hold. This is the joy of running a solo show. You get to. F I know you. I know you guys heard that first part of the call, but I didn't yet. Here we go. Okay, sorry. Hey, Jason. It's a longtime listener here. My name is Jose, and um, you used to do this segment with the. AGG podcast, and I was wondering, I, I don't know if it'd be doable with the, the podcast you have now, because I think it was a multi-person segment, but if it's doable, I think it'd be fun to bring back um, the eBay segment where, like, you guess the the price of an item that sold for, like, way more than it should have, or, like, way more than people thought it would have, and... Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah I always like, love that segment when you guys did it with AGG because it was just some pretty ri ridiculous prices where people were paying for for some of the stuff. Hell, yeah. Anyway, thank you for all your content that you produce, and have a good one. Thank you, Jose. I appreciate your longtime support listening to the All Gen Gamers and also continuing to follow me in my quest to continue this. I appreciate you so much. Thank you for sending in the audio question. Um yeah, in fact, I remember this. It was something that Pete did. Uh, Pete would get on eBay and have us guess the prices for things. And we would guess, and then he would tell us what it really sold for. And that was always something that was very, very crazy. Uh, Jose, I want to tell you, I am looking at bringing out some different funny, random, or completely funny, random, and, and or bogus uh, type little show uh, games like that. Um, I love to be random, as you know. I love to have a good time. Having it be a solo show does make it a little more difficult, but with the participation from you guys, I think I can do something like that. Um, so my concept is that I'm going to be doing some sort of uh, funny type segments, and when I'm live, I'll have you guys call in and give answers while I'm live doing it. I think that will be probably the best way to do it. Um, I will be streaming these shows eventually live on Twitch, and we're very close. In fact, I even thought about doing episode 20, this episode, live. But uh, I just ran out of time today. Uh, so, yeah, I am I am thinking about doing fun and random game show type stuff. And I want to do it with the community's help. So uh, let me put that to back to you guys. If you have an idea of something that I can do that would be fun, random, or that you can bring up and then I can bounce ideas off of you and we can figure it out, let me know. Hit, up, uh, hit me up in Discord. But, Jose, because you're such a long-time listener and such a good friend of the, the podcast and the content, I'm going to play one thing. I don't think I... I think I maybe played it one time on All Gen Gamers. Maybe. I, actually, maybe not. But I'm going to give you a bit of advice from me to you. 
This is Jason Heine, and I'd like to remind all the kids out there to please chew with your fucking mouth closed. <laughs> Thanks, Jose. <laughs> Hi, Jason. Been a long-time listener since I discovered All Gen Gamers way back in 2012. My question for you is, have there been any games that helped you find an escape during a particularly difficult time in your life? I'd love to hear Steph and Bob's answer, too, if they're there. Horizon Zero Dawn on the PS4 got me through an extremely tough divorce last year. The original Castlevania on NES and the first Project Gotham Racing on Xbox also helped me through that time. Oh, and next time you see the AGG whale, give him a big smooch from Chris in Fort St. John, BC, Canada. Thanks. Chris, my man, thank you so much for the audio question. Very, wow, a very deep question, too. That's uh, That can be a very heavy one. Um. A game that has helped me through a difficult time. You know, this is a really great question. And something that, you know, as as we all do, we connect with music, we connect with photography, we connect with art, we connect with uh, illustrations, and we also connect with gaming. And there's a lot that happens when we're going through something in our lives. We're going through a tough time are a good time when those events happen and whatever's around us that are influencing our feelings, our emotions, those become stamped in our minds. And I think that's the most amazing part, not to go on a side tangent with this, but the whole reason why I got into music is that I realized it could take me to a certain place from just one kick drum, hearing just, just one note. I can go to that place and I'm there for a moment and it makes me feel good or it makes me feel sad. It makes me feel something. And that is amazing. And from that point, I was like, I have to do this. This is so magical. Nothing else in my life can do this. This is amazing. So to have a question like that, talking about have a game helped you through? I mean, yeah. I mean, sure. Sure. I mean, I guess just, one, just off the top of my head, in 2009, when I was living in Colorado, I moved out there with a bunch of classmates from my college. Kind of on a whim, but on a gentleman's agreement and handshake that things were going to be a certain way and go a certain way. It was a business venture. And it completely fell through. It was completely bogus and bullshit. And I, I just basically packed up all my shit one night and you know moved out there for all these guys and nothing came of it. And it was really depressing for me. I moved out there. I was starting to go broke. I had no job. It was very, very frustrating. I was losing everything around me. Um, and I was living out there in the cold ass Colorado, which I loved by the way, it was a beautiful place. I want to go back and visit. I want to take Steph there too. Um, but I was very alone. I was, I was getting very lonely and it was very depressing. So yeah. Have I played games? Yeah. I've played some games that have helped me through. Uh, I mean, <laughs> it may sound, I know it sounds kind of silly and kind of dumb, but there was a game called Crossfire, and um, it's still around to this day, and I've played it from time to time. I used to do community game nights with it on Justin TV. <laughs> Spoiler alert, it's actually one of the first times Steph and I played games together. It's kind of how we met was through online community events that I would do. <laughs> one of the best things I ever did, right? I'm very fortunate. I feel thankful for that. But there was a game called Crossfire, and, and I would play this almost <laughs> all day. Because I would just connect with it and I had fun with it. It was, a mu it was much like Counter-Strike. And so it was free to play. And I was having fun with it. But it was helping me out of my depression while I was there. 
Also, flat out Ultimate Carnage. I played the shit out of that back in the day. Um, I used to land up my PCs um, and uh, play that all the time. I don't know. I land up my PCs and I would play. Now, really funny story is I land up my PCs in my bedroom. Even though I didn't have any friends or anyone else there that I could play, I just wanted to see if I could do it and see if it worked. And sure enough, it did. I had three PCs in my room. I was playing flat out Ultimate Carnage on all of them. And it was launched. It was fun. And, you know, that's that's how depressed I was, dude. I was in my room by myself, in my robe, wearing nothing else but just my robe, just fucking playing, uh, you know, playing that Ultimate Carnage. And real funny, funny story, briefly, is while I was there about, like, maybe six months after I was there, I started talking to my cousin, Justin, Justice, who has come down to visit me. You guys know him. We were talking, and he's like, hey, man, how's it going? What's going on? And I told him, oh, you know, I'm in Colorado, and, you know, shit's, shit's kind of going south. But, you know, I'm here, whatever. And he was like, what? He was like, I'm in Colorado, too. And I'm like, whoa, that's crazy. And then we started talking. He's like, well, where are you? And I said, well, I'm, on, I'm off this street. He's like, wait, I'm off this street. I'm like, wait, what? Come to find out. And I hadn't talked to him for at least a few years. Come to find out, he lived a mile away. He was there a, a mile away from me. I was like, you got to be fucking kidding me. So I invited him over. And at that point, I then had a friend to play on the land up PCs. And we played Unreal Tournament 99. We played uh, Ultimate Carnage. We played Crossfire. It was really, really cool. So that, that helped with my depression and being there. And um, yeah, man, I just went through this. I went through this phase. I was like, I'm sick of every game I own. I think as gamers, we go through that. Gamers, we get to that certain point where like, we just get fed up with the games we have. Nothing sounds fun. Nothing sounds good. The gamers who have every game, we still get to a point where we're like, I hate this. I hate every game. I got nothing that sounds like fun. What can I do? And uh, yeah, that happens. Definitely gamer fatigue. So I went through that phase and I said, I want to go download every free-to-play shooter and see how good they are. And that's what I did. That's what I did. <laughs> and anyway, I got Crossfire and it ended up being really fun. I, I had a good time with it. A lot of fun. So, hey, thank you so much for the questions. You guys are amazing. Thank you. I appreciate that. Of course, yeah, get, get them going. I would love to answer more of your questions or get any of your input or funny stuff that's been happening. I'd love to hear about it. The Heine House Hotline is open 24 hours a day, seven days a week, ready for you to call. You want to talk? Let's do it. 503-908-5490. 503-908-5490. That is the line. With that being said, I think we're going to wrap things up. Everything has been great. Jam-packed episode. Got about an hour and a half on the clock. I hope this uh, has been fun for you guys. It's been a blast for me. Always love hanging out with you. Have a fantastic week. Be safe. Have some good games. And we'll see you next week. Much love to you guys. Catch you later. That's all for this episode of Heine House Live. Thank you all so much for being here. This podcast is directly supported and funded by your generous pledges given on Patreon. You know, and if you're sitting there like, hey, you know, thanks, Jay. I appreciate that. You know, I had a good time. You know, this was a good date. We had a, we had a nice, nice sesh here. Maybe he had a little giggle. You know, maybe he had a little tickle. You know, if you felt a little something, something, 
had a good laugh, cracked a little smile, you know, swing on by Patreon. Just come on in. You don't even need reservations. It's, it's always open for you, ready to go. Just come on by. Got a bunch of exclusive content, music, all kinds of stuff there for you. And of course, how about social media? If you're on the interwebs, maybe you're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, you can find me at handle at Heine House. And lastly, of course, audio questions. Please get those going. Get on the horn. You know, get on the the bullhorn. Maybe you want to get on the string and cup. And maybe you got a talk boy. Maybe you want to submit that to me via talk boy. That would be fantastic. Bust out the cassettes. Submit those audio questions via email. HeineHouseLive at gmail.com. And of course, the real-time community chat can be found in our Discord server where the party never ends. It continues all night long. HeineHouse.com. See y'all in the next one. Bye now.